we are back for another episode of The Family Path. We are on episode 17. If you are new to us today, we appreciate you checking us out, and uh, we encourage you to like, follow, and share uh, this content if you find it helpful and encouraging. My name is Greg, and I am here with my wife, Jocelyn, and um, we got some big news coming up, don't yeah. we? Maybe not when this podcast oh. comes out. It'll oh. actually already happen. But oh, the time yeah. that we're recording this, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, what happens tomorrow? Uh, we have our anatomy ultrasound. So it Sounds like such a weird way to say it. I know, but it's like what women know it by. You know, okay. it's like your 20-week ultrasound. That's like your anatomy ultrasound. Yeah. That's not weird. It's we're going to find the sex out of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's how a man says it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So what do I, we haven't even really figured out what we're going to do. So if you're if you're yeah. new with us, this is our eighth child. Mm-hmm. And a uh, little backstory, child number seven, we did not find out what we were having. Well, even further back. We found out with all our first I was six. getting there. I was working oh. backwards. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so with the seventh child, we didn't find out. And then all the other six, we found out at the anatomy ultrasound. Yeah. As most women know it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Husbands notice when we find out the sex yeah, of the baby. Right. <laughs> Is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we haven't really figured out what we're gonna do this time. No. I think we're gonna since we're undecided, we're just gonna have them put it in an envelope and I have to go to church afterwards because we're recording this on a Friday and we have Friday night services. Okay, we're recording this on a Thursday. Oh uh, tomorrow. It's almost yeah. Friday. Yeah, it's almost Friday. Yeah. And uh yeah, so we won't really have time after we get back to celebrate it with the kids. So we'll figure out what we're gonna do, and maybe we'll let it, everybody might know by the time this podcast happens. Yeah, probably. So hooray! Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we are on episode seventeen today, and uh, we're gonna, you know, this whole podcast is centered on family discipleship, and you know, the majority of our episodes have covered why it matters. And the responsibility we have as parents in shepherding our children and discipling our children and our families. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to shift our focus just a little bit, and we're going to take a little more practical approach and talk about family Bible time and yeah. why it's important. And I think, you know, as as a Christian or if you're, as as a Christian looking outwardly and looking at other families as a whole, you know, we find that it's not too common that many people are in their Bibles. Well, in their Bibles individually, but then even uh, a lesser degree that people are in their Bibles corporately as a family. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's our responsibility as parents, one, to be in in the Bible ourselves, but also to, um, in maybe not so harsh of terms, but make our family (laughs) be in the Bible together to some degree. Um, I think a lot of times... What Christians will do is um, they'll see their Sunday as their dedication to the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's it. And, you know, I go to church. You know, you ask somebody, is there a Christian? Yeah, 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 I go to church on Sunday. Well, what else does your relationship I feel like that's, like, like, always what people say. Yeah. You know, that's, right. like, that's their how first you, That's defense. the common yeah. answer. That's yeah. their, their yeah, first Yeah, like, I go defense. to church on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, having a relationship with the Lord, having faith is so much more than attending a church service on a Sunday. Right. It's it's about ha- that daily discipleship. It's that daily relationship with with Jesus. So, we're going to hit some practical things and try to um give you some practical tips for what we do and maybe some help uh 
for for family discipleship. So why, Jocelyn, how would you answer the question or why would why should we be in the Bible with our families? I love how you always just get the intro and then I, I have it. to so I have good. to answer. Yeah, well, the, I tell the you what. Question. If you want to change no. and do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, I think the most obvious place to start would be we should be in the word because scripture is the word of God. And you had mentioned earlier, like as parents, it's our responsibility to be in the word and to further that as Christians, as children of God, it's our responsibility to be in the word. Um, it says in Second Timothy that all scripture is God breathed. And so it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness um, that the man of God could be complete and equipped for every good work. And so we take that very literally, like the the word is God's word. You know, the Bible is God's word. So mm-hmm. why would we not then want to spend time in it? It's literally how we can spend time with him, how yeah. he speaks to us. It's how we yeah. become complete in him. Mm-hmm. And it's how we become equipped for, if we were created for good works, as scripture tells us, mm-hmm. then the Bible gives us the means to be equipped for the good works that we were prepared for beforehand. Right. Um, so why why deny ourselves the truth? Mm-hmm. Why deny ourselves? Why deny our families the word of God if if that's what comes out of it? If it's profitable, I mean, all of the are those adjectives, <laughs> those verbs. I don't, <laughs> I'm not an English guy. Profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, and and you'd be complete and equipped for every good work. All of those descriptive things are pointed towards the Bible. Why? Why would we ever deny ourselves or our families from that? What else? Well, I think then you see, how do I do this family discipleship thing? It'd be the very obvious place. Like this would be our manual for doing Mm -hmm. that if it is for reproof correction, but training in righteousness. You know, it helps us to train our kids, but also ourselves. Um, Scripture is God's revelation of himself to his people. It's how he has chosen to reveal himself to his people. Of course, you can push back on that. He revealed himself to Moses in more obvious ways, like a burning bush. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was a, a cloud in the sky and and that he led the people by fire and whatnot. But how he has revealed himself to us is obviously in Jesus. And in that, he has left us with his word in the Bible. Um, this is the place that we can go to learn about God, to learn about his character, all of his attributes, um, Throughout scripture, we see God declaring his steadfast love, his faithfulness, himself as merciful and gracious. And then we also see him throughout scripture demonstrating all of these things. So we see him saying that he's all these things. And then we see the very demonstration of all of these things as like the story of the cross just unfolds. Yeah, I think the, the separation between Old and New Testament, just to tease that out a little bit. Yeah, God did reveal himself differently in the Old Testament revealed himself specifically through, through prophets. Mm-hmm. Not everyone had the Holy Spirit at that point. Um, but even still, they were getting God's word from from a man. You know from, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not like Israel wasn't directly getting God's word from God, just like we get God's word from the Bible. It is God's word, right, you know? Right. And now in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, you know, the word of God is made flesh. And mm-hmm. now he dwells with man. And the word, it was at one point in history, came down from heaven, dwelled in human bodily form. Mm-hmm. And the words of Jesus are now the New Testament. 
right. uh, the gospel specifically, and right. then Paul's writings, which all is that crazy? Because you read in scripture like the word of God is living and active, and of course that scripture is related to like discerning the thoughts and intentions of your heart. But like it literally is, and it really did come and dwell among us, mm-hmm. you know, in the life of Jesus as He is like the full revelation of God. And then you think, well, then you have this book that somehow correlates to like is the word of God. And if Jesus is the word of God, like why wouldn't we just want to open this book and read it and just spend so much time in it? Mm -hmm. If you actually sit and think about, you know, even apart from the Old Testament, if somebody told you that God himself, the creator of the universe, sent his son and dwelled in him and now his words would give you eternal life. Mm -hmm. And those words have been written for us in the New Testament and um, those books have been compiled into a canon into the New Testament and it's been passed on for thousands of years. Why would why would we, would we ever deny ourselves from learning about what has, God has done for us through Jesus Christ? Right. And not only for our own um, correction and our own completeness and equipping, but also for our families. Right. For anyone who would believe in him, right. you know, and the only power that they have to believe in him to come to life is in the gospel. You got to open his word to share the gospel with him. I mean, you got to open your mouth, but it's then his word by which you're sharing the gospel, you know. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, well, scripture, pointing back to what we said at the beginning, this ties back into Second Timothy, is how God gives us direction in our life, how he gives us instruction and teaches us. Like we talked about in 2 Timothy where it says it's profitable for teaching, training righteousness, and reproof. But um, even so, we see how that plays out in God teaches us through his word on how to trust him. You know, Proverbs says, trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understandings. And all. how do you do that? In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. And then we see very practical examples that Jesus gets. I mean, he gives us so many practical examples throughout the Beatitudes and, and just his life and ministry that we could talk about forever. And that's just not the point of this podcast. These are just to make points of why we should study it. But how to forgive people, how to pray, how to share the gospel. Um, and there's just, like I said, endless practical examples for Christian living throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's all great. And mm-hmm. we've hit a lot of those things in previous podcasts. But right. now... Like, what do we do with this? Right. So if you sit and you, you think about everything, all those points that we've just made, obviously we have this word of God that's living and active and it can, it can be useful for training and equipping and completeness and righteousness. What do we actually do with this now? So mm-hmm. we feel the weight of the importance of God's word. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can just land there and everybody that's listening can, we can all agree to that. Like, okay, the Bible is important. We should, right. we should do it. And obviously there's many other exhaustive right. reasons. Like this we're just, a million the focus of the you. podcast <laughs> is trying to be more on the practical side of it. Like I, f- I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about right. the why behind right. it. So what, where, where do we start with our families? What can we do? What kind of practical tips can we do? Well, I think the best place to start is to just pick a time to be in the Bible together as a family and guard that time. Uh, that's how we started. We just decided, okay, this is a priority. I, I feel like we both, when we got saved, we reached a point where, okay, we were having kids and we said, this is a non-negotiable. Like we just were like, we follow God. Um, we're followers of Jesus. And if we truly hold his word to being ultimate truth, and if Jesus really is who he says he is, then we, um, being in the Bible ourselves is not negotiable. So being in, in the Bible and raising our kids um, with intentional Bible time 
is a non-negotiable with our family. So just open the Bible together as a family. Pick a time. I think the best place to start is just pick one time per day. Because if you you bite off more than you can chew, like you'll feel exhausted by it. And especially if you're coming in with kids who are older and they're not used to it, it can be overwhelming for them as you change up Mm -hmm. things. But still not a reason to not do it. Yeah. And I think it's just like when you start a New Year's resolution. Like if you go all out. Mm -hmm. Seven days a week, I'm going to the gym. You're going to burn out after a couple of weeks. Right. No, you should be in the Word seven the days word. a week. But let's but let's don't get be real in it here. three times a day. Right. You know Let, what I mean? Let's get real. If your if your habits are not in the Bible at all, with individually or your mm-hmm. family, it's going to take a little bit of habit breaking right. and creation of new habits to work that into your daily life. Um, because if not, you're going to be dumping like an ice ice bucket on you. Right. And I. I if you can, like some personalities can handle that, some personalities cannot right. handle that. And you don't know what your kid's personality, even if you think you can handle it, you don't want your your kid buckling under that. And the point is not, okay, I want to get up to three times a day that we're doing some type of family worship. That's great. That's your golden. Yeah. But start maybe a little bit smaller and start. Yeah, celebrate. I would say celebrate the, the small victories. Mm-hmm. Like if you have zero, and that's our goal with, with even just doing this and giving practical tips. If you're if you have no time in the Bible at all, individually or with your family, and you end up spending 15 minutes right. every couple of days, right. and then every day, mm-hmm. and then it's 30 minutes a day, and then it just starts growing into family worship, like that's the goal. Right. Like start somewhere. Don't be overwhelmed because that's what we can do. And we'll, we'll get into some of those at mm-hmm. the end. Um, but that's what we can do. So, And I think also, like you, when I say pick a time, or when we say pick a time, and and do your Bible time every day. Like literally, that is a non-negotiable. Like it, I just don't know how else to say it other than you guard that time of your day around everything else, and you plan your day around it. Now, of course, you have to give yourself grace. Like there are plenty of times where we typically do our family Bible time between six thirty and seven o'clock. We start it, and so and that it is not dependent upon oh who's in our house or what if you're in our house we're doing family bible time we view it as Which our opportunity awesome. like, <laughs> to be weird in front of you in the name of Jesus but we've had many um, people join us in family worship time right I love it. Um, which is even more awkward because we sing before we read the yeah. Bible. So people are like, really? Um, but we have Weird lyrics, us. so it's fine. But the point is, is um, there are days where I'm like, okay, like Greg goes to church on Friday nights. We might have to move that time up. That's the grace that I'm talking about. But the point is, is that the time of day, mm-hmm. like that time, giving 15, 20, 30, however much time you give is a non-negotiable that you give to God I, every day. I think the, the value that you place on it, will end up being value that's instilled into your kids. Because what happens, well, there yeah. was that one time we just, we missed right. our nightly Bible time because mm-hmm. we went out for date night. Right. I mean, this would have been. We got home and Briggs was like upset. And I just went upstairs and took him upstairs. And the kids were like, we never did family yeah. Bible time. Like, like they called the, us out yeah. immediately. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then we felt guilty because we had to do it without Briggs. And like, you know, but it it is funny because they immediately did call us out on it. But yep. like that didn't come. This has been years of them being instilled and it's not like that just happened. And I think that you want to look at this time as a place to grow as well and like add different things in throughout your day as your family evolves in that. So if your goal is to do, you know, I really want to give more of my day away in in teaching and training my kids in the Lord. I think that's great. Um 
And I definitely encourage you to do that. I'm just saying start with one time and then go up from there and look for other ways when you feel like your family's ready for it. Like just a very practical example. We did a book study at dinner um, that on catechisms that we would listen to a chapter of the book and then we would talk with the kids about it. And the kids really enjoyed that. Um, another thing that we would do is, um, yeah, like we went through a couple catechism things during dinner and then we do like a morning devotional and things like that with the kids, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But we didn't start there. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. The point is we started with just a family Bible I think time. a helpful tip if you're not doing anything in the Bible at all, or if the Bible just film seems totally overwhelming, there's two parts to the Bible, which I mentioned before, Old Testament, New Testament, before Jesus, after Jesus. Um, start in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. It's the smaller section, like there's three quarters worth of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. and then there's a quarter of the New Testament. That's mm -hmm. Jesus's life ministry and the, uh, the apostles teaching. Open up to the New Testament, start in the gospel, start in the gospel of Mark or something. Yeah, I feel like that's where we first simple. started. Mark is a very uh, truncated version. It, uh, it's a, it's just like summary. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very attainable. The chapters are very short. Yep. Yep. And you don't even have to think of it as, okay, like what should your goal be each day? That's going to be different for read your family chapter, and what you read can read handle. Read a passage, read a section right. of a heading. Like mm -hmm. the Bible will always have little headings of subheadings under the, each chapter. Right. Maybe it's that. Just sit there and think about it. Talk about it. The point is what your kids are getting out of it and the conversation that evolves from it rather than having these mass quantity that you're covering, but not really, they're not really understanding it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the other thing is, is depending upon the age of your kid, you might want to consider what translation you're going to start with. So we typically read from either the CSB or the ESV. And in our family Bible time, we stick with that. We stick with something that's closer to a word-for-word -word translation because we use that opportunity to train our kids to hear scripture that might not flow easy or make sense in a setting where they can ask us questions. We can help them understand what is being said. And so that someday when they're opening the Bible and they're reading it on their own, they're not like, oh my goodness, I don't understand this language. I don't understand how this is written, but rather, oh, my parents have read this to me for years. I feel a lot more comfortable with it. But, um, ICB is a good place to start if you have really young kids. Yeah. Um, it is nowhere near. I think it's the a International Christian Children's Bible. Bible. Children's Bible? Yeah. Is it children's? It's like written more in a story, and it does give a little more of an interpretation. The, it explains it very well. It does I mean, explain it, like, it really well. If you're new to the Bible, and I would even suggest this, yeah. like when we were new to the Bible, like we got the, uh, the storybook Bible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like... It goes through, it like gives you that overarching view of the entire Bible right. and like little storybook form. And um, it's so helpful. It right. makes you, it has you wrap your mind around the story of the Bible very easily. So don't feel like, I mean, we learned a lot from just right. doing those. Right. But the, uh, back to the ICB, yeah, it's a very easily readable and really, really speaks into what is trying to be conveyed right. by the the more difficult word-for-word word translations. Right. I just think it's an easy place to start. Like, honestly, our seven-year-old for a while was, when they're transitioning from, like, um, an early reader to a, to a very comfortable reader, we give them an ICB Bible for their own devotional time yep. so that it just flows and they're not stumbling on their words, right. you know? Right, And it's not something that we're teaching scripture memorization out of. Right. Because you're going to advance past that. But it's, right. it is a good 
it's a good first Bible. Right. And you want them to store up scripture in their heart the way like God would want it to be. That it does have a little bit of interpretation behind. Not that it's bad. I feel yeah. like all of that's solid. But you want them, they're going to have these verses stored up for lifelong things, you know. So we typically do that out of the ESV or, or something that's more of a um, word for word. But well, let's uh, let's let's talk about some common hangups and why people think that this is not attainable. And maybe you as a listener fall into some of these camps and we'll try to speak into them a little bit and uh, maybe break them down and give you some confidence and encouragement in them. Um, how about the how about the very first one? My kids are just too young. I feel like that's what most <laughs> most moms will tell me. Like, I don't know where to start. My kids are really young. And um, I, the Jesus Storybook Bible, I know there's a lot of controversy about it, but um, f- for the most part, I feel like a lot of people have heard of it or know of it. And um, some people just don't like it because, I don't know, they don't say hell or whatever. The whole point of it. I didn't even it, really notice that. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's all over Instagram, which is fine. Um, whichever camp you fall in, I think a lot of parents, regardless, are looking to these other supplementary devotionals or children's Bibles to read the scriptures to their kids. And I don't think that that is a bad thing at all. Like we have done that when they're really young and read them bedtime stories, but not in our family Bible time, even with our young kids. Like our family Bible time um, is typically like 30, 40 minutes long only because we do worship. We worship. We We worship. a couple songs first. Yeah, depending upon how many songs the kids want to sing through. But um, we start that, we've always done that, reading out of the actual Bible and covering that with the younger kids. Um, And so Briggs, who is a year, I mean, from the time he came out, he sits through that same Bible time that our 10-year-old does. We just sit in a circle. when we say sit, we mean he's walking around and playing with stuff. I should never imply, he's never sitting. Don't think that we have this. (laughs) I mean, today all he did was like walk around and hit people on the head. And I felt like I was just disciplining him the whole time. But it was just the training ground. But you know, the funny thing is, the point is he never leaves that circle. Not that he doesn't go outside of it, but he doesn't walk across to the other side of the living room. He, He very much knows because he's been trained that, oh, my family does this every night and he stays in that general area. He never wanders off into the kitchen. And so when you think your kids are too young, I would say young is actually the best place to start because this is where you're really establishing a family rhythm that hopefully leaves a lifelong legacy in your family. Um, they and at that point, like with Briggs, we're we're working more with routine than content. Mm-hmm. We want him to get used to this is how our family worships. He knows we're worshiping. Like as soon as the music comes There's on, he gets be excited. There's so many days that your Bible time is gonna feel like an utter catastrophe and yeah. failure. <laughs> Weeks, not just days. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And don't be frustrated by that. I mean, that's that's the challenge is mm-hmm. to to persevere through that. Right. And know that something's still happening even in those times. And like a lot of times, like with Briggs is crying and I'm reading scripture and I'm trying to talk mm-hmm. over it. Like well, our kids, because there's so many kids in that, mm-hmm. like that's not even a distraction to them because they've they've grown up in this right. crazy, hectic, and loud situation. Mm-hmm. So what I find being at work all day in silence and reading over top of crying kids is frustrating. They were like, and I'll stop and like they've they've heard everything that right. I've said. Right. And the funny thing is, is half the time we'll feel like, wow, this Bible time was a complete wash. And Greg and I were frustrated with the amount of noise and the talking over it. But then the kids completely 
were like, oh, yeah, we heard everything you said. And they, they're so able to engage in the conversation. So, um, And it's not that they're perfect. It's just the kids are a lot used to the distractions. They handle the distractions and whatnot a lot better than we do. And the point is just um, I would really push back on it is never too young to start from the time our kid is is born. They're sitting there listening to the same Bible readings that our older kids are. And what you really do is just cha- training them up to um, handle that time at a place of time when they can intellectually handle it, mm-hmm. you know. How about kids not being, my kids just aren't interested in that. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, well, there's a couple of things. Like, this is too weird. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. But it's also like, ah, my kids just don't find this interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's not it's, fun for them. Especially if it's not a place that you started, like, it would be really weird. Okay. It is going to be hard. Right. Even when we were doing family Bible time, then we felt, we felt convicted about a year ago, around that time, that we were like, man, we never worship together. We never sing to the Lord together. And we really want that to be so normal for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really weird was for weird. our family at first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I remember watching the kids and look we at each lo- other. And we, like, love Jesus and are um, reading wor- the Bible I together. worship at church. <laughs> yeah, and Greg leads worship at church, yeah. So it was really, um, it was definitely very awkward for... And it should never be. And that's, I mean, even as a, as a you know, as a worship leader, um, executive pastor now, but also uh, just still lead worship um, time and time, um, it's so... It's the one of the most challenging things that I see from from the stage mm-hmm. is the in our culture. I think right. in in Western PA, um, but in in American culture, um, specifically white American culture, mm-hmm. is very it lacks ex- expression, and it's like pulling teeth, drawing people mm-hmm. into a worship attitude where they can be they can express themselves. Right. I mean, so that's where we were convicted. Like we want, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be abnormal for our kids. This should be normal. And we should be doing this at home. And why aren't we? Right. You know, it was just something like, why? We just never had that thought. Yeah. So as bad as that sounds, I mean, it's reality. We honestly like never, we never thought about it. But the point is, is like, even for people who are following Jesus and um, kids who are doing family Bible time, it was weird to start something Mm -hmm. more than that. The point is, your interests, their interests will grow over time and the weirdness will pass away. Now, I'm not saying you have, God has to unveil their eyes. He has to, um, you know, remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. He, only he can do that work. But I I really highly doubt that your kid is going to sit there completely irritated the entire time once he realizes like, okay, we're going to do this This every night. Yeah. And they probably will start. It's going to be more difficult if you have lacked Bible time and now you have a 16 year old right like they're growing into adulthood and it's going to be challenging Mm -hmm. I mean it's going to be wherever however your discipline and however your authority is in your family there's going to be a lot more that needs to happen for them to obey if if things have gotten too far gone and astray to where they're running their own life now and they don't have the authoritative a figure in their life, you know, just right. But that you know, still doesn't mean you shouldn't adulthood. start. Right, you should, you should still, still try and right. pursue that and and persevere in that and because persevere. you still have two years left of of them being in your home and at any time you you say and we've done it. Hey, like when we came to worship, we were like, we really feel like we haven't been doing this right, and like we took that to God and we're going to start worshiping before our Bible time, you know, and, and then he allowed s- us to make it right. Even with the younger kids, like we, we can express more authority over them, but there's days that seven kids and seven attitudes and seven personalities 
it's the chances are pretty good that one person does not want to be there at right. night. That's pretty much every day. Yeah, you know? every single day. I mean, mm-hmm. there's one day a week somebody's mm-hmm. not, and it's a shepherding they opportunity. They want to sit there and mm-hmm. and sit and grumble and not want to do it. Right. And it's just where it's just shepherding opportunity, like you said, where we say this is non-negotiable. This is what we do, and mm-hmm. and whatever's happening in your life is not a time to take it out on God because right. He's given us so much. Right, and really, you can turn to that and take it to God, and then mm-hmm. ask God to help you in your prayer time. You know, yep. I also would encourage you to make it fun and put yeah. fun incentives behind it. I am all for rewarding in order to train them in Bible time. Not that you're trying to train their heart to love the reward, but you, especially if your kid is really resisting it you're trying to train their heart to love God. And sometimes that takes a little bit of, you need to taste and see that he is good. So I'm mm-hmm. going to try and show you something that I know you've tasted and seen as good. celebrate their is, victories in it. Yes, we're exactly. Not, we're not coercing them. Okay, so for instance, we're doing the year, and I uh, read the Bible through the year. Oh my goodness, I can't get it off my mm-hmm. tongue. Um, and every time we finish a book with the kids, we have an ice cream party. Right. And it's it's not they're not doing it for ice cream but it's a celebration that they've completed right. the journey through a book right and i right. think that there is that difference it's not it's not like work like i need to go to work to do eight hours of work to get my paycheck right you know it, it's it's a little bit of a flip-flop mentality with mm-hmm. what we're doing with the kids there so yeah make it fun give them ex- incentives especially when they're younger mm-hmm. and it, it'll it'll change their attitude towards it um the last thing that common hang-ups with starting this is parents this one's fall on falls on you i just don't i don't understand the bible right. enough mm-hmm. and that's it's a hard place to be we were in that spot right we we had no clue what to do and honestly our journey over the last 10 years and us trying to prepare and equip ourselves and then having people who came around us to do that is really where we wanted to bring the family path out of because we don't we want to come alongside families who mm-hmm. are feeling that burden and we want to help encourage and equip you because like we didn't come from uh bible believing families who were doing this so mm-hmm. like we literally were at a, a complete loss and then even looking at families around us that weren't necessarily doing it um because i think we think oh everyone in the christian community is doing it and that's just not, not the, the case, case no. um so when we felt that conviction we just had to spend a lot of time catching up. Yeah, you need to invest time in in yourself and in your relationship with the Lord. But if you've come to Christ in a saving relationship, one as a pastor, I have to say you have to you can't isolate yourself from other Christians. Like mm-hmm. Christianity is a community, and you have to plug yourself into a good Bible believing church where you can find fellowship because you need. You need those relationships. You need those examples in your life. You need those people that you can fall on on hard times. You need the people that you can find as a mentor that, I mean, the Bible tells us older women train up younger women, older men train up younger men. Mm-hmm. Like you have to find that older person in your faith. We all ha- we all need that. Whether you're a pastor or whether you are new to faith, mm-hmm. you need somebody that's a couple steps ahead of you in their in their faith and in their discipline to help shepherd you. Right. And if you feel like you're you're already doing this or you have a firm footing on it, then you should be looking you for, be someone looking to help. for someone to help. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the Great Commission. We need to be teaching other people mm-hmm. about the Lord and his commands. So seek out people. Mm-hmm. So that's my encouragement. Plug in to a church, find a community group, make it a priority to 
plug in and because here's here's the thing, and it's the hardest thing to see as a pastor, but you you see this whole flock of people that come, but the reality is is you can only as the church, like you can only disciple people who want to be discipled. Mm-hmm. So like you have to, as an individual, have that desire to grow in your relationship with Christ and make that desire known to your church leaders, to your people in your community groups or your small groups or whatever you call them. If you make that desire known, the church, and be relentless in it. Like if somebody came to me and was like, I need somebody to help me and and shepherd me. Like I need this, this life coach for Christianity mentality. Right. If you're relentless in that, send an email out to your pastor. Like they will find somebody for you. Right. And you just have to, you have to show that desire. So pursue that. Find somebody. Or if you see somebody that you're like, wow. I really see them doing doing this in their own family or whatever. Just approach them and ask yeah. them for help. You know, they should have, a, hopefully they will have a heart to yeah. really want to help you in that. But yeah, you definitely need to invest in your own personal time with the Lord. I think prayer is a huge part of that. And just pray and ask God to show you a church. If you don't have one, ask God to show you a mentor. If you need one of those, you know, a community group, whatever that would be. But ultimately God says that he's not going to withhold wisdom for anyone who asks from mm-hmm. it. So I think you need to pray and ask him to fill you with all wisdom and knowledge yep. of him according to his will and ask him to work. Yeah. And yeah. I think the future of this podcast is we've, we're in episode 17. We're really laying the foundation of these, these ideas and these principles behind family discipleship. But we do want to kind of start, we're going to start morphing this, this podcast into a, a, of a training ground for a resource for you to, to, to take something to your family mm-hmm. and to disciple them with. Mm-hmm. What that looks like, we're still teasing that out. Stay right. tuned. <laughs> but, but it's going to be more practical. Yeah, we were, we were in the dark mm-hmm. with nothing. And even if you've been a Christian for a long time, there's a lot of Christians that are in the dark just kind of throw their hands up in the air like I just don't know what to do mm-hmm. and that's the resource that we want to be we want to come behind you and and help support you with that but what you need to do is not have this last excuse that we're going to end on yeah <laughs> you can't say that I don't have the time to do it right you have to set priorities in your life Jesus has to be number one he has to be we talked last time mm-hmm. Paul had everything he had education he had uh, accolades and uh, stature and, and prominence in his community, mm-hmm. and he counted it all as loss. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are you holding higher in your priority system yeah, above mean, Christ? Jesus says, whoever loves father or mother more than me. If he's going to throw that out there, I'm pretty sure he's going to include mm-hmm. your baseball, football games, you know, your gym time. Oh, listen, like I really desire time that I need to work out. I think it really helps me with my anxiety and whatnot. I know that I need to be in God's word more than that. And like, there are so many days that I think, oh, I have to do this first. But in reality, um, you have to lay it all at the cross and you have to put him first in all of those situations. And that's literally what he says. Whoever is going to put any of these things in front of me isn't worthy of me. Yep. So as we end today, please hear Mm -hmm. and contemplate, make Jesus a priority in your life Mm -hmm. this week. Whatever schedule you have, the hecticness of life and kids and sports and extracurricular activities, start recognizing where your priorities lie and what you hold most dear to your heart. And if it's not Jesus, just reevaluate it. 
and and Jesus should be the first entry of the scheduling Mm -hmm. and then other things should fall after that I mean that's what he wants like just the same mentality is tithing with your first first fruits like Jesus wants your time first right and then fill in your schedule above and beyond what isn't given to Jesus yeah, so like if you're not, if you don't have a, a, a time that you're in the Bible every single day with your kids, I would encourage you to, after this is over, pray and ask God to show you where you can make that time, and then you do it. Yep, that's it. Well, we hope you found this helpful and encouraging. If you have a, a chance, please share this. Um, we're, we're growing on, on Instagram. We have... Uh, close to 900 views or followers follows right now yeah and um people the word's getting out and people are starting to listen people are starting to uh, react please let us know if you have any suggestions at all uh for us if you want to hear us talk about a topic please send us a message on instagram it's probably the easiest thing mm-hmm. and uh we'll consider those and and maybe do a podcast on that. And also give us a review. If you do like this podcast, give us a review on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. That helps us kind of get bumped up in algorithms and Mm -hmm. get put in front of other people. And uh, this is what we feel is something that parents today in this world, in this culture need to hear. And uh, we need your help to do that. So Mm -hmm. until next time, we'll catch you then.